And we're here on the KM Podcast, Ken Brown from WGR Radio, Michael here at DetroitLions.com as we talk NFL draft and Detroit Lions football. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ken Brown. All right. Draft weekend is over. NFL. Is it? 24-7, 365 <laughs> days a year. So after draft, what do we start now? What What's the next old oh, schedule? Of course, they're going to milk that for two weeks now. They'll get the schedule out. I think May 11th is the uh, tentative release date, which used to be before the draft, but now they want to milk that out of you. So th- th- we're just going to be NFL 365. No, no, 366. <laughs> it's, it's always leap year. <laughs> we can we, it's 13 months, 366 days. Come on. That's right. Well, we did have a mini podcast Friday to try and talk some of you people off the roof because after the first day of the draft, doom and gloom disaster had descended upon the metro area. Brad Holmes lost all sense of, of, of what he knew, and they drafted terribly because the ESPN pundits said that you can't draft for need. You must draft. There, there are rules to the draft. So after the next two days, Mike, I think uh, everybody's calmed down a little. And this is what I hate about the draft itself, being that they split it up into these two days because you get the overreaction after the first round, realizing there are like uh, six more rounds to go. And a draft class is a draft class to me. So that's why I like to just sit back and wait. Well, we sat back and waited and then added a little bit to it, too. But you can you can do both as long as you understand that it's both. I'll give you one, though. We were talking about how things went wrong for the Detroit Lions. Mel Kiefer, Jr. was on. He was talking about the Lions getting uh, uh, Gibbs on the, on the 12th pick overall. He said, well, I could have got him in the second round. How did he going to be available? Just answer that for me. How did you know he would still be on the board? In the second round, how would you know that? Exactly. That's why I just t- tell me that I told you. I said it on these podcasts, and you've always been a fan of his. No, he's good for what <laughs> he's good for what he's worth, and that is to well, what he is he worth over the forty years to get the draft out there. If it wasn't for him, this whole draft thing, I'm sure somebody else might have invented it later. But the whole draft as a media conglomerate, he started it. He's the founder of that, and and you got to give him credit for that. But th- that doesn't make him right. Because in the long run, it's all guesswork because you don't have all the information. Well, I'm not sure. I don't think we can give him all the credit because Joel Buxbaum passed away quite some time ago, was right up there, too. And he was really, really uh, highly considered, highly rated. No, there were guys highly, like him, yeah. But yeah. Joel Buxbaum would never, he never got on TV. The, right. Bill Kuyper. Not to. Yeah. And it, it, so it, it came in the same time ESPN, you know, really started as a network and Mel Kuyper started with them doing the event and it became a TV event and that's what made the boom happen. Without the two together, you know, starting it, it would have never happened. Because remember Dr. Z was the big guy at the beginning of the drafts on ESPN, you know. Well Paul Zimmerman, yeah, he started out yeah. with one of the New York papers. Right. He was one of the big guys with Mel Kuyper and that yeah. was you know, so it evolved. But anyway, I don't want to talk about Mel Kuyper. He's good for what he's worth. But like I said, in the long run these 50,000 mock drafts you people have went through and all this tried and tribulations and everything else, and it comes out to Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell going to pick who they want. Okay, and that's just well, the fact should. of the game. That's right, because think- all you people out there with mock drafts, I just listened to the radio all day um, Friday morning and Saturday morning, and all the people didn't know who they should have did, and this guy's going to be this general. And I'm going to tell you another thing, too, while we're on the subject. 
let me get it off right so we can talk about real business. <laughs> if I hear the term generational talent one more time without a fact okay. behind it, and it's broadcasters in this town who I'm listening to speak that like it's some type of fact, what is a generational talent, Mike? Not my generation. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying. How do you how do you prove who is a generational talent before they even play the game in the league? Uh, that's uh, all right, that's what I want to know. I'm with you on that. Uh, 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 you passing up a generational talent? Says who? Says who? He'll be the lion. He'll be the name the position. He'll be the lion. Right. So and so for the next ten years. And um. Why is it always 10 years? Right. Why is it nine years? Why is it 11 years? <laughs> exactly. That's a good one, too, 10 years. He'll play for 10 years. Why, 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 right, why, is it, why is it not eight and a half? What if, what if he's quit halfway through his eighth year? You know what I wish? I wish I would have said that I was covering the Lions for 10 years. <laughs> and, and, I got 30 years coming. Exactly. And, and, and the basement mafia at home, because they had a draft and they uh, – that mock draft simulator, they went through it, and this one never came out. I'm done with it. I'm done. We're here to talk facts well, on this no, podcast. Hold on, it though. But here's the other part of it. I like it. I mean, all of that stuff. It's, it's fun. It really is. Just it's so, fun just, to a point, but don't, don't get, get consumed with it. But right, doesn't you, at, a, at some point you like shut up? Like stuff you know, and being around the team and things and things I know from things I heard being around the team, and you hear other people talk with such conviction, like something is they know, and I'm listening to them. I'm like, that's not true. I used to that used to happen with me with the Pistons because um you know I used to be around the Pistons a lot and stuff I saw with my own eyes and talked to people that were there and they they were going the air and say stuff and it's not true it's not true I was there I was there and this is like football things it's not that everybody knows that Jalen Carter is the greatest thing since uh, Mean Joe Green except yeah. for the eight teams that passed him by. And the right. one team that said they were going to draft him, he was there. They traded back a pick for just a fifth round pick. Why wouldn't they take him if it was, if it was such a great deal? So evidently, there are things out there. That's all I'm going to say. I, look, I couldn't agree agree with you more. But still, look, I enjoy all of that to some you know, to some point. It, it can get carried away. For example, I think we talked about this. Was it Thursday or Friday? No, Thursday. You called and you said. There's a rumor out there that that, that uh, Will Levis, Will Levis, Will Levis, Will, Le- Will Levis. I'm sorry, I get carried no away. Don't worry, we don't have to speak his name here. anymore. Will Levis, he wasn't even a first round pick, and he, either, he was either headed for number two <laughs> or going to be drafted by the Lions. One right. or the other. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? He was number two in the second round. In the second round, that's right. Okay. That's right. Oh. Look, I feel I feel somewhat sorry for the kid, but look, he bought into all the trappings of it too. He enjoyed it. He had fun with it, got his name out there, got his face out there, and guess what? Didn't work. Yeah, and that's one thing I want to talk about too. I was a I was I feel bad for the guys that are left in the room. And that's the part why I don't like about the one round Thursday night. I, that's why I said I like the first round to be two rounds the first night. So because you can watch. So people, you can make them miserable for another three hours. No, because so people won't be left <laughs> in the sure. room or be less, but that's fine if you want to do it that way. But those people know when they go in there, nothing's guaranteed. So just do it. And um, if it happens, it happens. But I respect, and we're going to get to Brian Branch, the second-round pick of the Lions, who came back the next night. He came back the next night. Yeah. He went out on stage, and he said, look, the commissioner, um, you know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and I'm going to do it. I'm here. I want to do it. And he went out, and he did great. He had his, he had his, his moment, and it's fine. He, he, took it, he took it like you should take it. It's a, it's a party. You're being drafted. You're going to the NFL. Have fun with it. Well, Levis went home, I think. That's yeah, he went home. Out. He got out of there, man. He got out of there like uh, 
Like he stole something out of out of uh, Kansas City. Like he stole some barbecue and was running for the border. He got out as fast <laughs> as he could. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you gotta stay, baby. You stick around. All right, come on. We're making fun of this kid. Now. I'm not making fun of him, but I'm, I'm making fun of him leaving because <laughs> I heard him the next morning on ESPN Radio about why he left. He claims because he couldn't get a connecting flight or something. Some odd thing with the flights. That's oh, why he left. Please. Okay, just say you you were embarrassed. You got out of there, but I wouldn't right. be embarrassed. I, look, I'm a, the thirty. What 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 he end up going? Thirty third. 33rd pick in the draft? I think, I think he was a second, second pick. Second pick, that's second 33rd. Round. So I'm, 33rd, yeah. 33rd, I'm like, you're the 33rd best football player in the draft. That's not embarrassing to me. Well, here's another thing, too. They're the only quarterback drafted by your new team. <laughs> yeah, play football. Play football. Well, let's get down to it, Michael Hare. Um, we we talked about the first two picks, so I don't want to get back on them. Uh, Jack, you know who Jack Campbell, I, I, I've been thinking about this, and I, I, I don't know why, and now I know why. You know Jack Campbell, the Lions linebacker from Iowa, reminds me of? <laughs> I could make a great joke, but no, I don't. He reminds me of Jack Lambert. And you know why he reminds me of Jack Lambert? Jack Lambert? Wait a minute, let me tell you why. You know why he reminds me of Jack Lambert? Yeah. Because when you see the video clips of him in, in college, it's, a, it's the uniform. Oh, yeah, it is. That's, you're right. It and is. Jack That's Lambert true. was a taller, angular guy like him. And every time I see him now, he reminds me of Jack Lambert because the Iowa uniforms look like Pittsburgh, and he's a tall middle linebacker, angle, just like Jack Lambert was. Well, Jack Lambert, you know, was, I think he was a second-round pick from Kent State. Now, look, right. he, was, he, he was about 20 pounds lighter, though. He's coming. I know, I'm just talking point. about But he was tall and angular for that time, yeah. you know. And that's why when you see him in that Iowa uniform, in the middle, I would say, who does he remind me of? And Jack Lambert just kept coming to me. Now, he might not even play like what well, I'm just saying. The look of him out there looks like that. That's what I have been thinking about that all weekend. It just came to me. You know what we're going to do? We're going to change his name to Jack Campbell. Yeah, Jack Jack <laughs> Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. <laughs> that's right. So, anyway, um, after we talked the other day, a big second day to me. The second day to me is just as important as the first day in this draft well, for the Lions. No, I'm yeah, the, for the Lions. Yeah. As good as the first two picks were, three picks in the second round. And you got to remember, three picks, Brad Holmes must have traded around. What did they say? How many trades did he have? He had six trades I, in the draft. I think, I think, it was, I think, he, traded, he, I think he traded up twice and down five, three times or vice versa. Right, and we'll count the Swift as part of the six trades. So he had about six trades and you know, in that in the two days. And I was just amazed that he really didn't give up any capital, all the moves he made, and the only capital, I don't think he gave any capital up, you know, like next one, year or whatever. One player. Yeah, one play. Well, you know what, there's a, there's a, but that's that's separate, the DeAndre Swift. That's yeah, that's separate. Yeah. But he didn't, get, he didn't give anything up to next year's, or, you know, stuff like that. He kept it all within the draft. It was just an amazing thing he did. So... I, yeah, and how do you? I mean, how do you keep all that straight when you're negotiating? Probably with two, three, four teams, you know, and, and hundred people in the room, and, and everything hang up else. on the wrong one, right? You know? So uh, the second day they went for Sam Laporta, the tight end from Iowa. I personally was surprised by that. I have to admit it. Because... Well, I knew there. Was, look, he was. I think he was my number four tight end, and that's sort of about about where he belonged. I think. Yeah. I feel some people like Michael Mayers of, of Notre Dame, and I can see why. Probably he had more he had more catches and all that, but but he did it over three years. Uh, Laporta was a four year player and and really had two big big seasons in his last two years. But yeah, good player. He's he's got speed. He's got he's he's a guy who can run with the ball, do something with it after the catch. And I, I think it was a good pick. Yeah, I was surprised by the position. I wasn't surprised by no, I uh, wasn't. the player. I thought defensive line they would have went to or cornerback. 
right? You know, but I guess when Joey Porter Jr. went off with for the first pick of the second round, I guess there wasn't any other corners that they liked that high. But I thought that's where they would have went. Tight end, because there were so many tight ends, I thought they could have got one with one of their other first, you know, second round picks. I'm doing well, like hey, everybody's hold on, hold doing. Listen, I'm going to go back to what I said about a few minutes ago. How do you know? That's what I'm saying. So if you like him, take him. If yeah. you like Laporta, take him. But I'm surprised they like tight end higher than they did, you know, was rated higher than the defensive tackles or whatever, because they definitely waited to get a tackle. So Well, they simply, okay, they signed three three defensive backs in free agency. You know, that, that, that counts, too. So I don't – although no, you do want – I'm not talking about how bad the defense. I'm just talking about the position. I agree with the no, defense. I'm, I'm just talking about the position. that um, They waited to pick no. 96 to get a – a defensive well, I thought you were talking about the defensive backs. No, well, the, the defensive backs were gone. I'm saying they were gone, but I'm saying defensive right. tackle out was a position I thought that was a more urgent need. And evidently they – well, a third round is still a good high pick. I was going to say they weren't well, that it's, urgent it's, to – It's the last pick of the round. And to me, it's the equivalent of a fourth round yeah, pick. Yeah, so in terms of I guess they weren't that urgent to get one. But Sam LaPorte looks like another Iowa guy. So you got two Iowa and two Alabamas at this point. Um Good player. I mean, you drafted a tight end last year, so you got Mitchell. Now you got Laporta. You still got Brock Wright, and you have Zystra. Zystra and, and so Steve you, Mitchell. Steve, you got Mitchell. Mitchell. I said Mitchell. So you got tight ends yeah. there. So it's, it's a good position group now. Um, it's weird that you drafted tight end from the same school you traded the tight end from, though. That's funny to be Iowa. Well, that's, look, that's tight end central there. Right. At, at, at Iowa. Right. Now, mock draft-wise, the biggest steal of the draft, and that's where everybody goes, is Brian Branch, who was the uh, 45th <laughs> pick. You know, according to mock drafts, he was the first rounder. If you, He could have been taken at 18. Okay. But he's a good player. Okay, now, hold on a second. Aren't mock drafts wonderful when they work for you? Yeah. Yeah, when they work for you, <laughs> now nah, it's okay. So, But he's a good player. He's a, a good safety, and I don't care if he was a first rounder or not. He was there. He can fill a need. Um, he'll sit behind CJ, CG, or whatever Garner this year, and um, get in Andrew on some time too. Yeah, yeah, CJ. yeah. So um, he'll be playing, and um, that's a good pick. I like that. You know, nice well, young I player. Think with, yeah, I think with, with Brad Holmes said too, the one thing, one place will contribute immediately is he'll be on second team, a sec, special, special team. teams. Yeah, yeah. So that's and what, second teams. So now. Matter. We come into KB's pick because you know the Ken uh, Brown ruler of quarterbacks. The sixth most been, important, been, the sixth he, most important position of the team is the backup started, quarterback. You started gloating when the commissioner walked out on the stage. That's right. When I saw Amon St. Brown come out, I knew it was going to be a biggie. Yeah. You know, they just don't send him out for hey, to pick Joe Blow from Texas State. So I knew it was going to be. Wait a minute. They don't have a roster of guys <laughs> waiting to go. It's I him. It didn't matter. Say that again. Passed. They don't have a roster of guys out there to introduce her. There was one guy. No, on. no, 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 no. I, I guarantee. I guarantee. No, I don't believe that because the commissioner did the first pick, Laporta. Yeah. I don't yeah. believe that. I believe that that Amon would have, if it would have been a big name at that first one or a quarterback, he, Amon would have did the first one. Or he would have did Branch. I think that it, it was a reason why he went out for that pick. That's just me. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was late. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Herndon Hooker, baby, Hendon yeah. Hooker, Hendon Hooker, quarterback, which even for a third rounder in the city of Detroit can start a quarterback controversy. I'm just letting everybody know. I just want a young backup that can be groomed, and I got my wish. No, I agree with you too. Look, whoever it was, look, the one thing I didn't didn't 
want and didn't expect, by the way, the Lions to do was get down in the sixth or seventh round and just draft a guy just to shut people up. Right. You know? Right. I mean, in fact, uh, uh, Holmes made a joke about that in his first draft when he finally, uh, finally drafted a, a wide receiver and took out turned out to be Amon Ross St. Brown. And he said, he just laughed and he said, I did it to get other people, everybody off my butt. <laughs> he didn't say butt either. Remember that? Right, I remember. But, so he had, he had some fun with it. But this is this is a legit, legit football player here. Oh, yeah. And if he wasn't hurt, now we don't have to mock draft and be Mel Kuyper on this one. If he wasn't hurt, he would have went a lot higher. He was ahead. He was leading for the Heisman when he got hurt. He was uh, trending toward being a first-round pick. He's one of the top quarterbacks, and he got hurt. And he's older. That's the only reason why you got him at that position. If he was twenty-one, and uh, the same injury, you might not have got him in the third round. But he was twenty-five and injured, and I think that's why he fell to that spot. Well, I don't worry about the age on him because if you can get five years out of a player, he's fulfilled. You know the contract. If you get ten, he's more than done it. So I don't. I don't think that's an issue. Now, look, one thing about him, he played in you know, one of those offenses where it's everybody's down and you know, just and throw it to the open guy. So there's a big conversion for him from uh, Tennessee to the Detroit Lions and, and, and their offense. But look, what 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 doesn't face a transition of some kind? Well, this is the question I got for you. This is the question I have for you. Even what? though, even if he wasn't hurt and he came in now, do you still go get a veteran for this year? Great question, Kenny. I'll tell you what, if you, I think this, I think it lowers what you're going to pay for it to some degree. And I'm positive, that's just my thought. But, but you know, Teddy Bridgewater is still out there. Um, I, I think what? I think this will settle itself in the next week, week or two. Yeah. Well, my point think. on this is um, even if he's cleared to play, and um, I read a story that they said he should be cleared by the beginning of the season. Just say he's cleared to practice, and we'll see. Right, we'll see even if, but I'm just saying, even if he's cleared to practice in August, just say in August he's cleared to practice, and, and being a quarterback, they might clear him a little earlier than they would a regular because he's not taking hits. He's just gonna be throwing. I don't think so. But I'm just saying, even if that. they clear him to throw, Ken, look, just let me finish my before. let me finish my statement. Uh-huh. Let me finish before you get into it. Even if they clear him. You're still not gonna play him or practice him, contact practice him for the first half of the season. So he's not gonna be any good to you as a backup. He'll be a third. He'll be the third quarterback starting Correct. out, even if he goes. That's what I'm, my point I'm trying to make. So if you're not comfortable with Nate Sudfeld as the backup, then I think you might want to try harder to bring in a Teddy Bridgewater or a quarterback that's had some experience. That uh, you know, this Carson Wentz is still out there. This guy's out there. Well, Teddy Bridgewater now has starting and winning experience. He was 32 and 31 as a starter in international football. Now a lot of that came in a couple of years, a lot of the winning and all that. But but still, he's been a he's been a good uh, good team guy everywhere he's been. Uh, really really well respected, well liked around the National Football League. And for backup quarterbacks, that's number number one. Can you play? That's that's the most important thing. But but the other part about it is how do you interact with other people when you're not when you're not the main man anymore. Well, that's what I'm, he's, that's what I'm he's, saying. Yeah, he's done that very well. He really has. I think they should go get somebody prepared because, like I said, even if Hendon Hooker came back, and even if you say he was ready to play in a second half, he's still a rookie, and you're you're in a position now where you're ready to do some challenging. So you should be ready for that backup to come in and be able to win games for you. And I just think that Hooker, this is the year that he should be learning, not playing. Well, right. He's not, you know, and, and really, what the backup quarterback? I don't care if you're a rookie or if you've been there 15 years. 
you get about five reps a week during the season. That's it. Yeah, and unless some, unless unless golf misses a game or two, then you're right, going to Of course, but yeah, but otherwise you 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 get just a very 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 few reps, and everything is focused right on your starting quarterback, and it should be right. All right, so it, like I said, good pick to me, good developmental guy. If, at worst, you got a backup for the next four years. At best, he'll push the starter in a few years or a year, or you know, we'll see the way he develops. It's all on him. But he has the tools and the talent, and evidently the Lions liked him because they wouldn't have took him there because there were other players you could have took if you just were just getting a throwaway quarterback. So I, I, I like the pick. Like I said, I thought he was, I thought he was a second rounder. Possibly into the first round to get that fifth year, and he fell to the third. So I'm I'm fine with it. Well, one thing when you say it's all up to him, well, it's also up to Jerry Campbell. Too, uh, Jerry Campbell. It's all it's also yeah, up to Jerry Goff. Goff. You have Campbell in my mind. Oh, it's no. also up to Jared Goff. It's up to him more than anybody how he plays, how he continues to play. Look, he was a winning quarterback for the Detroit Lions at the end of last season. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't stay that way. Well, we'll see. He was a losing quarterback the year before, so he's one for one. Let's see what the third year brings. We'll, we'll see. I'm not a fan. I'm not a hater. I'm just I'm a wait-and-see guy. But like I said, I don't know. No, even, you're, 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 I, you're waiting to pounce. I don't, okay. Mike, as long as you're playing good, I'm fine with it. But I, like I said, I'm happy because you got two quarterbacks now, or at least you're going to have two that – you got a young guy to the mold, and you got the veteran ready to go. I'm happy. So let's move through there. The next two picks, I wouldn't know them from a can of paint, but evidently they liked them. That's Broderick Martin, a defensive tackle from Western Kentucky, and Kobe Swordsdale from William & Mary. All I know is one plays offensive line, one plays defensive line. I can only tell you what the, what the, what the scouting report said, but evidently they liked them because they moved about five pieces for Martin and Sobe, Kobe Swordsdale. I saw a lot of people afterwards saying that he's a sleeper. So if you know more than me, be my guest. Well, I'll lay you something on, on, on Sorsdale. He went and played at William & Mary, which really is a powerhouse uh, program in, in its, at its level. You know, it's sort of like, I don't know if they're, you know, I don't know if they're a second, you know, a, a second or third or whatever level they play in. But there's one thing about that. We have to go back in time a little bit, and I'm sure you'll love this. But back in the 1950s and 60s, the Detroit Lions had a had an offensive lineman named Lou Kriegmer from William and Mary. I think he played nine seasons with the Lions or ten, but made, made the Pro Bowl. I think nine straight years. And Lou Kriegmer is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Okay, I like zoned out for a minute. That's one. What was the connection again between this older gentleman that you said and and so they went there? to the same school? Okay, so basically it was just a relevant fact that you had basically put somewhere. <laughs> And you're trying to impress Jerry. me. You're trying to impress me with your knowledge of of, of William and Mary alumni. Because besides that, I, I don't care. About, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about, what's his name again? Luke Creekmeyer. I don't care. For our listening audience out there, stump the swab here, Michael Hare. <laughs> if you want to know any more William and Mary facts, please call Michael Hare because he has them all. So anyway, uh, back to back to this century and the 2023 date we're talking. Good developmental, good develop, good developmental players. Broderick Martin might have to play, and like I said, if he has one thing that. You can put him on the field now for, I can tell you what it is. 
He's 335 right. pounds. I need to know right. nothing else. He's got yeah, size. Nice. Just, if he does nothing else but stand there and get in somebody's way, then he have to battle. And, he, and plus, you got to remember, um, he's going to be backing up um, Isaiah Bugs. He's going to be jacking up Bugs, and they're going to rotate guys in and out. And that's fine. I'm, I'm happy with a developmental guy, you know, the, the, the Jalen Carter stuff is going to come up as it is, but I'm I'm happy they got a guy that can rotate in there because, like you said, Mike, the way they rotate these guys these days and the position-wise, you just want to get a certain thing out of, you know, the guys when you bring them in. You don't have to well, be an all-pro. He may, he may have been an obscure player, but somebody must have convinced him or told him that he was going to be drafted because he was wearing a very impressive collection of, of uh necklaces when he was he? interviewed. Well, yeah, oh yeah. They said he showed out at the East West Shrine game. That's where he became yeah. under everybody's radar. So did uh Cody right. Soares deal. Right, right. All right, well Brad, Brad hey, after last year and you guys with James Houston and everybody's laughing at these last picks, don't I'm not putting anything past Brad Holmes. No, of course not. And then uh yeah, absolutely and Soresdale, by the way, played right tackle throughout his career at, at uh, William and Mary where Lou Creekmer went to school also. <laughs> but <laughs> But he's also, I would think, that's sort of the buzz you hear is that the Lions are looking at him more as a center and a guard than they are a tackle. And they've they're, they're like they're set a tackle for now anyway, but but that seems to be the direction he'd be headed in. Yeah, and like I said, he's a development guy. Let him go. Um, finally, the last pick was Antoine Green from North Carolina. I'm sure Dre Bly gave his opinion on this guy. No, but for what think, I see, yeah. what I saw from him, he's a deep threat, an angular, tall kid, 6'2". Okay, he's 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 a guy that may make the team, may not, he might make the pressure, but that's a position that I think that I like them drafting. Yeah, and most of those ninety catches were in the last two years. I looked it up, did a little bit of research on him after the fact. Honestly, I had never heard of him, but you know, Antoine Green. But you know, he, look, that's a North Carolina is a big time program. It really is. They just kind of faltered at the end of the season and you know cost them uh, quite a bit. But but from from what you see, he looks like a guy who's Played, only played four years of football, and you know he should at least have some experience in playing that give him a head start on here at the Detroit Lions. Right, and that was the draft. And there's been a bunch of free agent signings, a couple of which are players I've heard of, which is amazing because usually your um, you know undrafted free agents are guys from smaller schools, whatever. But there's a safety from Notre Dame. I think his name is Brian Joseph or Joseph, whatever his name is. Um, he played at Northwestern up to last year. He played at Notre Dame last year. He like had like six, seven interceptions two years ago at Northwestern. A good player, and I'm not surprised nobody drafted him. I know I looked on some of the draft boards or whatever, and they had him like he was a fifth or sixth rounder. He didn't get drafted. So there are a couple of players they picked up that, you know, possibly either make the practice squad or can get some special teams work in with the team. So don't ignore those. It's, all, it's always one or two guys that make a team that nobody had pictured making a team that weren't drafted. So keep an eye out for some of these young guys. Right, and the other side of it is there are always a couple of guys who don't pan out the way you thought they would either. Right, I just always. Think it happens right away, but that's just the nature of the game. Now, draft ends. Well, it didn't end. It was going on at the time. When we talked last on a Friday, the big Jamar Gibbs, you know, quandary was going on. What about uh, DeAndre Swift? What about DeAndre Smith? Well, we found out halfway through the draft on Saturday what happened to DeAndre Smith. He was sent to Philadelphia with the rest of the Georgia group. I guess the whole Georgia team is down in Philly now. 
And he was sent for a 2025. And even Mike, when I talked to you, I thought it was 2024, four, you know, fourth or fifth rounder. No, it's it was 25. a 2025 fourth rounder, which is a good pick. Right. But hell, in 225, they may only have three round drafts. How far that's off, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> I know Sydney got traded for a pick three years from now, but okay, uh, that's just the way. It, I'm surprised you got that for him because with one year left on the contract and. You know, uh, pretty much your injury concern. I'm I'm surprised you got that much. I give Brad credit, but I'm not giving him credit on sending guys to teams that you're competing with. And I think the Lions are in competition now with the Philadelphia Eagles for that NFC Championship. Kenny, I tell you what, you can only hope that the Detroit Lions are playing playing the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. Nine months from now, okay. Okay, but if that happens, Until that, if that happens, though, let me ask you this: I'm good. If that happens, and Swift scores the winning touchdown to send Philly back to the Super Bowl, just I'm I'm going to ask you A, B, or C. What part of Detroit burns first? Is it going to be the west side, the east side, or down? Where is the fires going to be started? Because it, they're going to tear this town apart if that happens. Well, I doubt that, but also a lot of that depends on whether he has a sore toe, a sore ankle, <laughs> a sore shoulder, a hey, headache. Love the talent to death, I but he just yeah, never yeah. was on the field. And I, I fell for the kid. I don't know if he, you know, like I said, some people play through things that others don't, but I just, it just, it always rubbed me wrong that it was always an ankle. It was always a shoulder, but. I, I can do three or four carries a game, but I can't do ten touches. And you know, yep. even again, Philly's got to think. Well, he played in fourteen games last year, whatever the number. No, no he didn't. He, he may have been on the field for those many games, but right. you know, by looking at him in the games, there were games where he got three touches and didn't do anything. He didn't play all those games. You know, so I like the kid. I hope he has a great year, but it was it was time to move on. No, I think it was too. I think you know. I think in a situation like that, you, I mean, you could literally you could keep him to the last cut if that's what you wanted to do. But look, players have have careers too, you know, and, and let him get on with his career. I don't think, in terms of comfort level, they could have put him in a better spot. And that's in Philadelphia, where he's from. He's from that area. And they grew up there. He's really a, a well-known player. Yeah, well-known player in the town. Uh, high school player. Yep. And he's oh, good, got good uh, all his Georgia teammates there. And it'll just be, it'll be fun fall. Look, I've seen players get held when they knew they weren't going to make the rush and, and they're into the last cut. And, and sometimes they're out of football, really, yep. just because yep. the way it is. Yep. Especially now, Kenny, when they're making all the cuts. At, I think they're making all the cuts. Uh, at one, one time, time. yes, yeah, it's just one cut. Yeah, it's one no sense keeping them around. Why well, keep an unhappy player around? Just let him right. you know, do his thing. I have no problem with that. I just wish they would send him to the AFC because, like I said, it's always Lions luck. It's, you know, I just keep in my mind getting that R2's Pinner game when he came back with Minnesota. I, that's the, I just keep that game. Is, when he right came back Kentucky, and beat yep. the Lions that time with, with Minnesota, I'm like, where was that when you were here? It was his one shining moment. <laughs> one shining you know what? He, and he, and if he hadn't been hurt, he probably would have been a good player. Yeah. But he, yeah. he hurt his – I think it was in the senior bowl he got hurt, and he never was the same guy. Yep. Yep. Never. Sure wanted to be, too. He, yep. was, he didn't lack effort. Yeah. All right, so that's the wrap on that. Mike, um, Instead of going through blah, 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 more blah, 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 so the, so the basement mafia will have their little say or whatever, I just want to concentrate on two things. One is where do you see the Lions at right now and where do you see them in reference to the division and the conference? And number two, 
we both know Jalen Carter by not taking him. He was off the board, right? Can we right. can we assume that? It's not even assumption. It's got to be because if he was on the board, they would have took him. If he was what everybody thought he was, you had him. Right, right. Can you so live? Can yeah. you live yeah. if he becomes a good player for Philly? Yeah, I don't care about him. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, okay. I don't care. Okay. I don't think it, other teams passed him too. Right. Yeah, go ahead. But my thing is the most dominant tackle in the last 15, 20 years was Adamic and Sue. And yep. you didn't win with him. So, you know, you, you it's no guarantee if you drafted Cardi you were going to win anyway. I think that position is great and is needed. But I don't think that precludes you from winning if you don't have it. By have a no, great player in. Yeah. So no, it helps. It, it helps, helps, but I don't think if I don't have a great player.